My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 98 of The Kate Show. Have you ever been presented with a sponsorship, advertising, or partner opportunity and really felt unsure how to navigate that decision? Well, honestly, guys, same, same here. At face value, sponsorship opportunities look amazing, as they should. The organization or company offering that sponsorship to you has the responsibility of, quote-unquote, selling that slot to you and will likely promise you all sorts of new clients if you just write them a check and sign on as a sponsor. But here's the question. Will the act of slapping your logo all over their event materials actually grow your business? That's the question I'm answering on The Kate Show today. And I'm also going to address how to make confident choices when it comes to approaching or accepting referral partnership agreements. Stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. I recently got an email from a home stager who wasn't sure if she should spend several thousand dollars on a sponsorship opportunity. Let me set up the situation for you. You see, this opportunity was being put out by a really well-known broker in her area, which meant that any sponsor that they signed on with would then be placed in front of a lot of really great real estate agents. And as you guys know, for a home stager, that would seem like the perfect situation, right? Well, here's the deal. The sponsorship was incredibly expensive and she wasn't sure if she should go for it or not. And she ended up emailing me to ask for my advice, which I'm always so flattered and so honored because the truth is, while it can be a little bit easier for me to give someone advice when I'm not in the situation, when I'm in that situation, I often have to run to some of my closest business advisors and ask them these same questions. So if you guys are struggling to figure out if being a sponsor of an event is worth it or not, what I'm about to share with you will hopefully help make those decisions easier so that you can move forward with them or say no to them without regret. When you think about the sponsorship opportunity presented to you, Do the number of attendees have you practically drooling? I mean, look at all the potential clients you could have because of it. Does the potential publicity consume your thoughts? Sponsoring the right event and at the right time and for the right people can be lucrative, but the opposite can end up being a big waste of your precious marketing dollars. So if you're asked to sponsor an event, you need to, in turn, ask five questions before you can confidently accept the offer. So let's go through those. Number one, does this event cater to someone who would be a natural fit or an ideal potential client for your company? That should be the very first question you ask because if the answer is no, none of the other questions matter. Because if this does not get you in front of your ideal client, it's not a good sponsorship opportunity. You should say no and move on. Number two, if it does get you in front of your ideal client, you then need to ask this question. Does the sponsorship package include allowing you to get your face in front of attendees live and in person? 
If not, the sponsorship is truly worth very little. Not that it's completely worth less, but it is very little value in it. Now, your logo doesn't speak for you the way you can, and your logo can't create personal connections with attendees, which is why if your sponsorship package only includes you being able to put some of your logo or your branding somewhere around this event, but not get you as a person in front of real people who could become your clients, it's just not going to be a good opportunity for you. And my guess is the ROI would be extremely low. The third question you need to ask if you've received the correct answers to one and two is what results have past sponsors seen from this event or similar events? This really focuses on that return on investment factor or ROI, and it really should be one of your big deciding factors. Now, if this is a brand new event and nobody has ever sponsored it before, you may have to take a little bit of a gamble. But if you get all the right answers to the other questions, the ones preceding and following this one, then you can still move forward confidently. But if this is something that people have sponsored in the past, you could ask for proof of return on investment before saying yes or signing any agreements. Number four, what state of mind will most attendees be in that day? Let me explain this. Trying to sell or make connections with someone in a state of need will have a higher yield than trying to promote your services to someone who's just attending to have a good time. So let me paint this picture for you. If someone is attending a party and they see you as a sponsor, are they really in a state of mind to be like, oh, I need to hire an interior designer or, oh, I need a home stager? Well, that depends on what type of party it is, but you really need to make sure that whoever is going to see you as a sponsor is already going to be in a buying mindset instead of just a fooling around mindset. Number five, you need to figure out how many products or projects or hours of work you'll need to sell in order to make money off the sponsorship. So yeah, there is some math involved. Not my favorite thing in the world. Maybe not yours either, but it's important because the last thing you want is to lose money on a sponsorship and never be quite sure if you gained it back. So be sure to account for the hours you might spend preparing for, attending, or working the event, and make sure that you also account for whether or not doing this will take you away from your other projects and already paying clients. The full cost of a sponsorship is always more than the sponsorship itself. So here's an example of a less than ideal sponsorship. Holiday parties, or parties of any kind, like I mentioned earlier, tend to be poor sponsorship opportunities. Party people aren't in the right state of mind to think about how you could actually help them or about spending money. But here's an example of an excellent sponsorship. Conferences, vendor fairs, trade shows, each of these events cater to attendees who are looking for education, partners, solutions, and new ideas. They're honestly in an excellent mental state to both receive and act on your marketing message, especially if the event is already targeting a pain point they have. A real-life example of this would be the annual NARI Expo, or the National Association of the Remodeling Industry. Attendees are interested in remodeling their homes, obviously. So if your business is involved with the remodeling process, you should jump on the opportunity to sponsor the NARI show. That is 
honestly one of the best ways to grab people. Grab them while they are hungry. It's like if you're selling food, it would be good to set up your food stand right by an office complex because you know all those people are going to come out hungry. Now, while I know that pretty much none of you listening to this podcast sell food, I'm trying to explain a concept here, okay? If someone is hungry for interior design, or if they're hungry for the benefits of home staging, if they have a true need for a custom workroom, you grab them at the precise moment that they are starving for exactly what you offer. So we're going to take a little break to hear from one of our sponsors. Does marketing your interior design, home staging, or workroom business give you anxiety? Guys, I get it. I used to hate marketing. That is, until I found a way to make it easy and simple. Now I share my secrets with all my members over at socialitevault.com. As a member, you get access to social media posts, captions, hashtag sets, email newsletters, client welcome packets, branded magazines, and more, ensuring that you'll have a complete sales funnel for attracting new clients even when you're asleep or just too busy to even think about your marketing. Turn those hours you spend worrying about your marketing into hours spent working on new client projects. Your business deserves high quality marketing and you deserve to get your time back. There is no contract required for this service, so head over to socialitevault.com to get started. Now we're going to switch gears and talk about how you can find a really good referral partner. Referral partners are also called collaborators, and they make the modern business world go round. I'm not kidding. When you have the right partner, marketing your business becomes so much easier because the right leads are sent to you versus you having to find them, and you become a fast favorite of your partner's audience without a ton of effort. It is like a goldmine. I have developed quite a few really great referral partnerships throughout just running my business over the past almost six years. And they pay off so, so well. If you think of places like the WCAA, um, I'm on their national board and I'm an industry partner. That is an example of a very direct and blatantly obvious referral partnership. I'm going to promote them because I believe in what they do. And they're going to promote me because I'm their industry partner and I had to be vetted in order to get there. So if there is some sort of organization that you can join that gets you right in front of your ideal client, kind of like I'm doing with the WCAA, you should totally, totally do it. Now, let's just break down exactly who a good referral partner is. The best type of partner is someone who serves the same clients you do, but offers a different service. So if you're a window treatment workroom, you might partner with an interior designer or a local showroom. You're all serving the same type of client, but you're not competing with each other. If you're an interior designer, you might partner with a workroom, a remodeler, a builder, a showroom. And if you're a home stager, you might partner with a house cleaner or a handyman company, in addition to, of course, partnering with the real estate agent or broker. And to find a good partner, you need to pay attention to the other services your ideal client needs before, after, and during they would be working with you. Your goal should be to naturally fit your business into their daily lives. So we're going to go through five questions that you can ask someone if you are considering asking them to become a potential referral partner, or if let's say someone asked you, hey, would you become a referral partner for me? 
These are questions that you can also ask them in reverse just to make sure you guys are on the same page and that there are no surprises because surprises in business are not fun. A good partnership can honestly take time to find because of that, and it can take even longer to develop. And while the more partnerships you have will further benefit you in business, you should move toward each collaboration cautiously and intentionally. I mean, honestly, it's quality over quantity every time. Before making it official, make sure that you ask these questions. Number one, what problems do your clients have that you think I could solve? So that's about naturally fitting into that need picture. Number two, what services or products do your clients ask you for, but that you have no interest or ability in providing? Now, a good example of this would be if you think about Socialite Vault, which is the monthly marketing membership that I have for designer stages and workrooms. A lot of you are asking me for years, honestly, to create blog post templates, but the amount of work and the technical ability that is required to do something like that. Not that I couldn't have done it, but honestly, oh my goodness, it's so much work. So when my friend Jacqueline of Ochre and Beige started specializing in blogging for the home industry, and she created a great way to deliver these templates and actually make them work and really not hurt anyone's SEO, but actually improve it, I was all over it. And that's why her blog post templates are now part of the vault, because we decided to collaborate since she wanted to serve you guys in a way that made sense and aligned with how I was already serving you guys, but I just wasn't doing that yet. So there's one example for you. Now, here's another thing you'll need to ask. Number three, is the heart of your company similar to mine? This means you need to partner with someone who has the same intentions, integrity, and level of customer service that you do. Because if you're all about looking into the minutest of details for your clients and providing them with a stellar, very elegant, luxurious experience. And then you try to partner with someone who is more like the Walmart of experiences. Not only will it not go well, but honestly, the way your referral partner acts will in turn damage your reputation. So you have to make sure that if you guys are going to rub off on each other, you're rubbing off the good stuff and not the bad. Number four, you'll need to ask, in what ways will you encourage your clients to contact me? So you have to make sure that if you have a referral partner, they're not just going to be blasting their audience with, hey, go hire so-and-so, go hire so-and-so, because nobody likes to be sold to. But if they can find natural ways to fit you into their marketing or into their everyday conversations or normal communications with clients, that's going to be the most lucrative for everyone. And number five, you'll need to ask, have you worked with any referral partners in the past? Now, here's a word of caution. If the business you want to partner with really doesn't serve the same type of clients you do, your partnership honestly is going to be unsatisfactory for both of you. Additionally, if the other business has a culture that doesn't align with your values or your attention to detail, partnering with them could be a nightmare. But let's say that you found someone who really checks all the boxes. They serve the same type of client you do, but they're not in competition with you. They have a really great track record and great levels of customer service that mirror your own methods. Well, how do you get them to become your business buddy? Now let's talk about how to pitch a referral partner because that honestly goes right into this, making someone your business buddy. So the biggest and the most important thing to keep in mind when pitching yourself 
to a referral partner is this. Never, ever lead with how they can help you. Always position yourself as someone who can help them better serve their own clients. In a practical and actionable sense, this means you might offer to host a free training on something that both interests their clients and aligns with your services. Sneaky, right? It could also mean that you might offer to host their event in your space, or conduct a webinar for them, or plan an event that highlights both of their company's services and yours. Never contact a potential partner to say, hey, I'm a blank, you know, I'm an interior designer, I'm a home stager, and I'm looking for clients. Can you put me in touch with yours? Now you might think, I would never say that. But unfortunately, when it comes to pitching ourselves, we all default to the most awkward of ways to do it. And then when it doesn't work out, we feel pretty bad. I've done it the wrong way. I've had so many people tell me how they've done it the wrong way. And we want to make sure that we don't come across as lazy marketers or as freeloaders. So instead, try saying something like this. And you can say this in person. You can send it in an email, whatever you prefer. So you say, hi, and then you address the person by name. You need to know what their name is. And then say, your brand caught my attention because it looks like we serve the same type of people. Would you be interested in getting in front of my clients? I see you as a company who could really help them with blank, you know, whatever you think that they could help with. And I don't want to refer them to just anyone. I'd like knowing that I'm sending them to someone I can trust to provide the same level of care and expertise that I do. Would you be interested in collaborating? So you can send that in an email. You can fill out an online form. But no matter how you're contacting this potential partner, make sure you address them by name. Don't resort to to whom it may concern because that takes all the personality right out of it. As you can see, you're going to need to lead with how you benefit them, not how they help you. Keep your email or your initial conversation with them simple and concise. Don't ask for favors. Instead, just offer to promote them to your audience. And lastly, do your best to direct your offer to the decision maker of the business if you can. Now, like I said, you do need to find out who the name of the person is you should be speaking to, but you also need to make sure that you don't waste your spiel on a secretary or someone who can't make decisions and who's only going to be burdened with relaying and potentially garbling your message to their employer. Now, the right referral partnership it has the potential to totally transform your business more than any other marketing tactic and with next to no overhead. Finding the right partner can take some time, especially if you first need to develop a relationship with them and prove your value, but it can also pay dividends for years and years to come. Guys, I hope that you commit to finding at least one referral partner in 2020. It has forever changed my business. I know it will change yours. And if you are looking for help on finding the right referral partner, feel free to join my Facebook group, Marketing for Home Pros, where we can discuss your specific business there and everyone can chime in on what has worked for them because there is such a thing as crowdsourcing intelligence here. That's how I have found some of my best referral partners. And I love that the home industry has become such a tight-knit community where we can really learn from each other. And by the way, if you liked the little script that I had in this episode and you're looking for more scripts or templates, you should head over to socialitevault.com because we have more templates than you'll know what to do with. And every single one is meant to make marketing your home industry business so much easier. 
All right, guys, until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.